As the new class of rookies begin to sign their new contracts, many are being held to high expectations prior to their first snap. The NFL continues to discuss season operation possible alternatives, and franchise finance moves to the top priority for many franchises. Join us as we move into week two of our rundown series, as this week we move to the NFC East. All that and more now on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Blitz to a back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and welcome to week two of our brand new rundown series where we continue our journey through every single NFL division and give the final predictions for every single team who will win, who will lose every single game. But first, as always, we have our NFL headliners. So getting right into it, Justin, Prince Amukamara is now a Las Vegas Raider. Will he have an immediate impact for the Raiders and boost their chances for that seventh seed? I think he will have an immediate impact for that team. I don't think it will really translate into wins as much as people think it will. But I think it's going to have an immediate impact more for that first-round rookie that they got, Arnett, out of Ohio State. I think... Mukamara can be a very good mentor for him as he's kind of getting in his first couple years in the league. I believe it's a one-year deal, one or two-year deal. So he might not be in Las Vegas for more than a year, but I think for at least the 2020 season, he can definitely have a big impact as far as developing the other talent that they have on that roster for the defensive backs. But as far as having a win-now kind of attitude for Mukamara and the Raiders, I don't know if he's really going to have that much of an impact, but on game day, I could see him getting at least three picks this season. Prince of Mukamara is still one of the better defensive bats in the NFL, but if we look at the seventh seed, in my opinion, I think the seventh seed is the defining factor on whether or not a team has rebuilt correctly or not. Rebuilding teams that do it right are going to be those who earn the seventh seed. So we're going to have teams like Denver, Los Angeles, so on and so on, competing for the seven seeds. Cleveland, these are going to be your seven seed type teams. I don't think the Raiders will be in the playoffs by the end of the season, but maybe Prince of Kamara can help boost this defense just a little bit moving on in the future. Tua and other rookies are agreeing on rookie deals. If any, which rookies might hold out? Reminder that most of these high-tier first-round rookie contracts are going for over $30 million for four years, such as Tua, Burrow, Young, and so forth. So if some of these rookies that aren't getting paid this $30 million line feel like they earn it, we might see more holdouts this year than any. What do you think? For me, it just it's different this year as far as contracts are negotiating because of the way that it was different for scouting this year and bringing in players. As a team, you could possibly justify not paying them as much money because there is sort of a risk. I mean, for a lot of us, we talked about Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. Like he could be a possible guy who gets that $20 million over four years and not 30. Couldn't we have players like that who aren't worth the 30 million from the fan perspective, but maybe think they are just because they're first round pick. So a lot of those players who maybe were picked higher in the first round than they should have been. I can see some of those players being the guys that hold out, but especially the guys even that are like the top 10 picks, especially some of these tackles. I could see it again. I don't know a whole lot about these players as far as personality. And as far as if they're the kind of player who would hold out just for money, 
or if a lot of these players just want to be in the game, no matter how much money they get. So it just depends on personalities of players and whether they really want that money. But I can see a couple of these O tackles being um, some of the people that hold out. But again, it just all depends because this is a different situation because of COVID. When I look at NFL holdouts, I look at two specific cases. I look at Le'Veon Bell and I look at Joey Bosa. Le'Veon Bell was a veteran running back, one of the best in the league, held out, and it could not have gone worse for him. He ended up never getting signed from the team he was playing for, get signed by a worse team for less money, which was just a disaster holdout for him. And then you have Joey Bosa, who was a rookie, didn't like his rookie contract, held out for a little bit, and then got signed to a great contract, stepped up and ended up being one of the best rookie and now best defensive linemen in football. And he's a pretty stand-up guy as well. So these are two opposite side spectrums as far as NFL holdouts go. And now that rookies are getting paid more than ever before, we're going to see this line get more and more divided between who's worth this money and who's not, and simply which franchises are willing to give up this much money for rookies. Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers will now become the fifth and sixth NFL QBs in NFL history to start for new teams after previously winning 100 or more starts for another franchise. Will there be a seventh or maybe even an eighth quarterback added to this list that are playing now? Maybe Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is definitely the number one candidate for me right now. You trade up in the draft and get Jordan Love. There are a lot of rumors after two years, once that contract is up, for Aaron Rodgers after two or three years, there are rumors that there are teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers or other teams that may be looking for a veteran quarterback like the Denver Broncos did, especially a team that has a big, amazing defense like the Denver Broncos did, bring in a Peyton Manning and just make that offense even better. Aaron Rodgers is probably the number one candidate. I don't really see any other players, mainly because of that 100-plus starts. Again, you could see maybe Cam Newton as a guy, but he only had a couple of winning seasons. So it just all depends on, really, it's a high-profile guy who is going to be a future Hall of Famer, who has won 100-plus games with a franchise, then going to another franchise. We saw that with Peyton Manning, and we saw that with Brett Favre. Now, Brett Favre didn't win the championship with the Vikings, but he did take them far. So this can be really a career game-changer, and Aaron Rodgers is definitely the number one candidate for me. The NFL is looking towards Germany's soccer league Bundesliga to see what works and what does not as far as opening backup goes because they are the next big sports league in the world opening up per this pandemic. So what's next? I think the biggest thing that everybody's talking about right now is Major League Baseball opening up, I think, at the end of May or even June. They're even going to start opening up. But that's a lot different than the NFL because it's not close contact. Soccer, on the other hand, is a close contact sport. I mean, obviously, people aren't tackling each other, but there are guys rubbing up against one another and running with one another. It's not like they have that six feet apart like you would in baseball, except if a guy was on a base, but that's pretty much it. So with especially Euro soccer and the Bundesliga League, it's really one of those things where you got to really be monitoring and seeing how that works as far as going from stage to stage. So right now, I believe the Bundesliga League could potentially start soon. And even the Premier League, which is one of the biggest sports leagues in the world, even bigger than the NFL, as far as international attention goes, and that might even open up June 1st. So some of the biggest things that you got to be looking out for is will there be fans there? And if not, how much money are they bringing in? Because it's a big sports league. So you really got to be 
looking out for that and just see what that looks like. But that's some one of the biggest things that the NFL is going to be looking at right now. Also, as far as America goes, this could end up being a state-by-state basis, depending on what's going on there at the time. I know the Florida government opened up today saying that if any teams need a place to play, they can use Florida's facilities to come in and play their games there. So this is something that every team wants to work with. Nobody wants a fanless crowd, so why not outsource your home crowd to a different city if you have to, if you can still have fans? So that's another little fine line you have to look at is we don't know what's going to happen at this point, and hopefully there are some good things that come out of this in the coming weeks. Cincinnati Bengals head coach Zach Taylor announced that he does not plan on adding a veteran quarterback to the Bengals roster to back up Joe Burrow and mentor the young rookie. Will this hurt the Bengals in 2020 as well as falter Burrow's production as a starting quarterback? Well, you have two types of quarterbacks as far as rookies come in. One, you can have a guy like Peyton Manning who comes in, starts his first year, doesn't have a great year, but he learned from his mistakes. You can have a guy like that, and then you can have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, have a guy like Pat Mahomes who come in and learn for a little bit, and then from that experience on the bench, on the sideline, then you can go in. In my opinion, I think Joe Burrow is that kind of guy, like a Peyton Manning, who can plug and play right away. But honestly, even then, though, I don't think it's really as much about Joe Burrow starting right away because I think if they add a veteran anyway, he would start right away. It's more about mentorship, and they don't have that. Ryan Finley, who they drafted last year at NC State, he's the oldest guy in the quarterback room, 26 years old. So they need to add someone. And the fact that they aren't, I think this is a mistake. For the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe they might learn from it the first couple of weeks, but I don't think it will really hurt them in the long run. As far as the 2020 season goes, I think they will do fine with the quarterback room that they have, but it just helps to have a veteran in the quarterback room. On the opposite sides of the spectrum, Jacksonville Jaguars just added veteran quarterback Mike Glennon. However, was this the right veteran quarterback signing? Because you still have Cam Newton on the market. I mean, we were talking about this earlier before we recorded this episode that Cam Newton's just going to cost a lot of money. And really, Minshew is the guy in Jacksonville. They have expressed that numerous times. And the biggest thing is, do you want a guy who can come in and start right away? Newton's that guy. Glennon is also that guy, but not as much as Newton because he hasn't had as much success starting in the league. But backing up, he's been fantastic. I think that Glennon can really be that guy who can help Minshew get to the next level because I don't think Minshew is an all-16 game, possibly 17 game, as we have the new CBA, starting quarterback. Uh, I don't think he's that guy right now, but Glennon can definitely help. And especially if Minshew, being a guy who runs around a lot, he could get hurt. And so I think Glennon can come in for a game or two, um, maybe even get them a win. I mean, we saw that last year with the Chiefs. Uh, and Matt Moore coming in for Pat Mahomes and getting them a win. Now, the Jaguars aren't the Chiefs. They're not going for a playoff run, in my opinion. But I think Glennon can be two sides of the coin. One, be a mentor to Minshew, and two, get them some wins if he has to come in. Minshew, in my opinion, is one of the most interesting returning quarterbacks on a team this season because I think he's a huge question mark. I know the city of Jacksonville and Duval really believe in the Minshew mania. However, I I need to see more. I just need to see more. I need to see more wins. I need to see better stats. So I'm very interested to see maybe if Mike Glennon takes a couple of snaps at the beginning of some games later on in the year. We'll see. The Los Angeles Rams just unveiled their brand new uniforms in an offseason that shows many new looks around the league. Does this make up for the debacle over their new logo or does it just make it worse? 
I don't think that their uniforms look that bad, but I mean, kind of taking a double take and looking at them again, I mean, you, if you're just looking color scheme wise, I don't know what they were really thinking. I, I don't like the blue. I think a darker blue. We were talking about this earlier too. The uniforms that they have was like when Mark Bolger was their starting quarterback, when they had Steven Jackson, those kind of like navy blue uniforms with the gold, man, those were awesome. And now it's like they're trying to do what, NFL uniforms might look like 20 years from now, you know, like in the future. Like if we had an NFL film about what the NFL might look like in 20 years from now, these are probably the uniforms that you would wear. And I think these uniforms, they kind of show a little bit of what the logo shows as well. Now, I do like the helmets. I think the helmets are cool, kind of having the horns come over a little bit. So I think that makes up a little bit for the logo, but it's just not the best that they could have done with what they had. The Rams have had my least favorite offseason to date. They haven't had the worst offseason, but they've had my least favorite. I hate the logo. I hate the uniforms. They look like something out of a child's coloring book, or uh, I saw a lot of things earlier about Ikea furniture. <laughs> so I don't like a lot of the Rams uniforms. I don't like a lot of their offseason moves. I don't like their new logo. This new look Rams team is just not the new look for me. Defensive back Logan Ryan said that the Tennessee Titans never really talked about an extension with him. Was it wise to move so quickly away from Ryan and trust so much on Joseph and Fulton? I think this might have been a good deal. You know, well, the fact that they didn't even have a contract discussion with him is surprising to me. The only reason why I would think they would choose someone like Jonathan Joseph and Fulton is because of the money issue and Logan Ryan maybe wanting too much money, but they never really even talked about an extension. So maybe they already moved on in their minds and already wanted to rebuild the team a different way. Jonathan Joseph is up there in age and Logan Ryan's a little bit younger and he was productive. He ended the Patriots dynasty with Tom Brady. Like what else against his former team, mind you. So what else could you really want? And then to leave. Now, I, I think that does a disservice to him. He did a great job for that team. I think the Titans had a really a different idea of what this team is going to look like. I don't think they really thought Fulton was going to fall to them in the second round anyway. I think Logan Ryan would be back if Fulton didn't fall to them in the second round. And as far as where Logan Ryan might go, I heard the Jets are a team. I think he's going to go to a rebuilding team, to a team that just has a need for the position. The Jets are definitely that team. Now we look at something that could be a sign of things to come. The NFL and club executives have agreed on a proposal to raise the debt limit for every single team from $350 million to $500 million for the 2020 season per ESPN. Is this a sign of a fanless NFL season? This could be a sign of a fanless NFL season. I mean, according to Patrick Risch, who directs the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis, he estimates the NFL will lose about $138 million in revenue from tickets and game day for each week played without fans. That's each week. That's not the entire year. The entire year, they're estimated to lose $2.3 billion. So the fact that they're already giving teams $150 million, it makes it look like they're already preparing for fanless season. And and that's just sad for me. I mean, I've been an NFL fan since I was eight years old in third grade. And so, I mean, having that and not being able to see that or even have the chance to go to a game or two, it's just sad. But right now, that's what it looks like. 
with the New Orleans Saints releasing offensive lineman Larry Warford. They saved up $7 million in cap space. The former pro bowler is now hitting the free agent market and is a pretty attractive look for other teams. Will the Saints turn to free agency to replace Warford, or will they save this money for another season and get someone else? Well, I mean, the main reason why they got rid of Warford is because of the draft pick that they had in the first round, which, I mean, again, it saves them $7 million in cap, according to Catherine Terrell on Twitter in a post that she had. So it saves them almost $7 million in cap. So the question with, will the Saints turn to free agency to try to find a replacement? I think they already found their replacement. That's why they got rid of them. That's why they could afford to get rid of them. And the main thing I think that they might do is sure up that secondary maybe. I mean, they already did that a little bit. Um, possibly have Eli Apple come back to New Orleans. I mean, that is a possibility now that they have $7 million available to give to a player. Well, Justin, I think we know why everyone is here. They're here because they want to know what's going to happen this upcoming season. So join us for this week's installment of So I'm going to start us off now at the top of the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys starting off their schedule, just bouncing right into it. They traveled to Los Angeles to play the Rams, where I think they were going to lose a very closely contested battle. They return home the following week to play the Atlanta Falcons, and I think they will get the win at home. Starting off the season one on one, they then travel to play a very tough Seattle team where I don't think they quite get it done. Seahawks run away with it. Cowboys start 1-2. and two. Then they go on a little bit of a hot streak where they have three home games in a row. They were blessed a little bit by the scheduled gods. They win against the Browns. They win against the Giants. And then they win a very close game against the Cardinals all at home. Then they go on the road to play the Washington Redskins where they will win that game. Then they go on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles where they will win that game. Again, a very close game there. These teams are going to be competing head-to-head, as they always have. They travel back home, where they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game could go either way. I'm giving it to the Cowboys, simply because I like the running game against the Steelers' defense. Then the Cowboys go into their bye week at a pretty good schedule, only two losses. And then the following week, they travel to Minnesota, where they don't get it done. They lose to the Vikings. They come back home, play the Redskins, get their mojo back. They win that game. Go on the road where they get crushed by the Baltimore Ravens. That'll be a make it or break a game for Dak, and he will not get it done. However, he travels to Cincinnati the following week where he will beat the rookie Joe Burrow at his home field. Travel back home where they lose to the 49ers. Another game at home where they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. And then they finish off the season with a win in New York over the Giants. Your Dallas Cowboys finish 10-6. and six. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, Brandon. I'm going to go maybe one game higher for you. The Cowboys have a lot of expectations, high expectations. Last year, they have a very talented roster. The coaching was to blame. They completely changed the coaching 180. So let's see what happens with that coaching change. So again, going to Los Angeles to open the season, they will get the win at the Los Angeles Rams and then go back home and face the Falcons, get a win there, but then go to Seattle, a very tough place to win at, and they are going to lose that game, but then go on a little bit of a hot streak, not as big as the one you had, but they are going to go 
back home, those three home games, they're going to win all of them against the Browns, the Giants, and the Cardinals. But then probably a shocker. You know I love shockers, Brandon. And they're going to go to Washington, and they are going to lose to the Washington Redskins. It's going to be uh, one of the bigger upsets of the year by a field goal. It's going to be one of those games where a lot of Cowboys fans are going to be frustrated. But it's an NFC East game. Anything can happen in a divisional game. Then they're going to travel to Philadelphia and beat the Eagles in Philly, but then come back home and lose to the Steelers. But then they're going to go on a little bit of a win streak after the bye. They're going to win against the Vikings, then come back home and get some revenge against the Redskins on Thanksgiving. And then they're going to travel to Baltimore, lose to the Ravens, and then travel to Cincinnati, get their groove back a little bit, win against the Bengals, and then get an upset at home against the 49ers. This could be one of the better games of the season, depending on how the beginning of the season goes for the Cowboys. And then they will come back home and lose to the Eagles. And then to get a higher seed, they have to win this game against the New York Giants, and they are going to win it in New York and end their season 11-5. and Next up, we have the New York Giants, and coming into this season, there are not a lot of expectations on them. If there's any expectations on this team, we're looking at Daniel Jones. How can he improve off of his first season? And then we have Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the league, but can he stay healthy? How will he perform? Sterling Shepard coming out of the shadow of OBJ. How will he perform? Golden Tate, so forth. They have some talent on this team so let's see how the New York Giants do. Many people think they're competing for the number one draft pick. Let's see how they do. Starting off week one at home, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they'll win this game. They fall the first week of the season to the Steelers at home. Then they go on the road where they play the Chicago Bears. I think this is going to be more of a slugfest, very low scoring game. The Giants don't put up enough points. They lose that game. They come back home where they play the 49ers, and this is a very one-sided affair. The Giants fall Again, to the 49ers. Starting off 0-3, they go on the road where they play the Los Angeles Rams. They don't get it done there either. Then they travel to Dallas, which I've already told you, they lose this game. They come back home and they play the Washington Redskins. This is a very interesting game as we look at it here. Oh, no, wait, they lose. Then they go on the road to the Philadelphia Eagles looking to get the first win of the season. Uh, They don't get it done. They lose this game as well. Come back home or they play Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How will the Buccaneers be? Will they be good? Will they be bad? It doesn't quite matter. The Giants don't get it done. They lose to that game. Starting off the season at a very poor 0-8. They go on the road where they play the Washington Redskins and finally get their first win of the season against their division rival. They move to one win on the year. Come back home right before their bye week to play the Philadelphia Eagles and don't get it done. They lose that. Going into the bye week with one win on their record, they have two away games in a row where they play the Cincinnati Bengals. They lose that game. They play the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. They don't win that game either. Come back home where they play the Arizona Cardinals, my dark horse team. They don't win that game. They stay at home where they play the Cleveland Browns, and this is the shocking game because Cleveland needs a playoff spot. It's only fitting they don't get it done. The Giants win that one. And then they go on the road to play Baltimore where they lose that game. Finish off the season with a loss against Dallas in New York. The Giants finish the season with a whopping 2-14. and Ladies and gentlemen, they do get the number one draft pick. Wow. 2-14. and I know this team is bad, but I honestly didn't think they'd be that bad. But let's see how the Giants do 
for me here. And just like yours, they're going to start on a little bit of a losing streak here, losing to Pittsburgh in their opening game at home, and then going to travel to Chicago and lose, and then back home with the 49ers and lose that game as well. Then two road games with the Rams, they lose that one. And then the Dallas Cowboys are already said they lose. But then they come back home, play the Redskins, and get the win here. You said they get the loss. Well, I'm going to say they get the win. And then they keep the win streak going, travel to Philadelphia, and get the upset win. Daniel Jones is the hero. Could we see the New York Giants go on a win streak and go to the playoffs for that seventh? No, it's not going to happen. Because... They come back home and they play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Not going to get that win, so they lose there. And then they travel to Washington. They lose that game in Washington. And then come back home as they lose to the Eagles. Having two wins, though. Better than expected for the New York Giants going in their bye week. And then they travel to Cincinnati and they beat Joe Burrow on a game-winning pass to Evan Ingram from Daniel Jones. A very good game for that one, but the win for the Giants. And then they face some NFC West. Very good talent for the Seahawks. They travel to Seattle, lose that game, come back home, play the Cardinals, lose that game as well. But the same as you, Brandon, they're coming back home. They're playing the Cleveland Browns. Browns looking for a playoff spot, might not get it because they lose to the New York Giants. In the last two games of the season, travel to Baltimore, lose that game. And as I said before, Come back home, play the Cowboys. Cowboys looking to get a better seed, and they will get a better seed because they lose to the Dallas Cowboys. I love how we're on the same page with Cleveland there. (laughs) Looking for that playoff spot, they don't quite get it because they lose an easy game. I think this is the season where the Giants finally realize they need to get rid of Dave Gettleman. They do it. Giants fans praise for the future. Moving on, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. They won the division last season after not a too good of an outing. Let's see how they do this season. Justin, as the week one, they travel to Washington where they play the Redskins. They'll get it done in Washington. Then they come back home where they play the Rams. Very close contested game. Carson Wentz playing as good as ever gets the win there. They play the Cincinnati Bengals where they get the win there. And again, a very close game. Joe Burrow and Carson Wentz both play very well in this game. But the Eagles edge them out. Starting off the season 3-0, and everything's looking good. Then they go on the road where they play the 49ers, and things could not go worse. Carson Wentz goes down. This team goes down. The 49ers get the win. Then they go on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Carson Wentz still out. Therefore, they don't get it done. The Pittsburgh Steelers get the win here. Come back home and they play the Ravens. Just too tough of a team. They can't get it done. Now they're at 3-3. Three and three. Carson Wentz comes back from his minor injury at home against the Giants. They get it done there. They get the win. Then they have their home game against the Cowboys, where, spoiler alert, I already said it earlier, they win this game. Going into their bye week, they get some rest. Starting off the season, 5-3. and three, You know they're in pretty good position to make the playoffs. Go to New York to play the Giants. They win that game, so things are even looking better. And then here comes the slump because they have a pretty tough stretch now. They travel to Cleveland. Cleveland's playing good football at this point in the season. They lose this game to the Browns. Come back home and they play the Seahawks. And the Seahawks, again, they're just too good of a team. They lose this game there. Then they travel to Lambeau to play the Packers. And if they were playing this in Philadelphia, I might give this one to the Eagles. But just because this is in Green Bay, I got to give this game to the Packers. The Eagles lose again. Come back home, they play the Saints, and again, Saints are just too good. 
Eagles aren't a bad team, but they just can't match up against the best. They lose this game. Go on the road to play Arizona. Arizona's fighting for that playoff spot, and they lose this game to the Cardinals. Go on the road to Dallas, where they lose that one. So now they're not looking quite as good, but they end this season on a high note where they beat Washington and Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Eagles finish 7-9. and nine. I mean, the Eagles kind of look like they did last season, looking good at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, Carson Wentz was healthy all season, but then they kind of got a little bit of a slump. Then you just do just enough to get in the playoffs. Will even 7-9 and nine be good enough to get to the playoffs? It, it could be. AFC, I think it could definitely be good enough. NFC, not as much. There's too much talent in the NFC. But let's see what we got for the Eagles for me. So they start at home. Brandon and just like you they're going to start three and oh for me as well they win against the Redskins going to Washington and then come back home two home games in a row and they win both of them against the Rams and the Bengals then they travel to San Francisco lost there and then travel to Pittsburgh and this is really going to be a trap game for the Pittsburgh Steelers in my opinion and that's why the Eagles are going to win this game and the Eagles are going to start the season four and one but then go on a little bit of a losing streak here losing to the Ravens and then losing to the Giants and then losing to the Cowboys all three of these home games by the way and you know the city of brotherly love how they hate losing and it's funny how it's love and then hate so much love and hate in Philadelphia and so three losses in a row going into their bye week. What are they going to do to turn this around? Well, let's see. So after the bye week, they go to New York and get the win, but then they lose to the Browns in Cleveland. Then lose to the Seahawks and everything looks in shambles. What is going to happen? And then they travel to Green Bay and Carson Wentz has the best game of his career, throwing four plus touchdowns, beating out Aaron Rodgers and getting the win for the Eagles, and then they come back home off the big win and lose to the Saints, then travel to Arizona, who, like you said, by this time is going to be looking for that playoff berth, won't get it. So the Eagles at this point are 6-8 and eight and are just looking for anything. Two divisional games coming up. They go to Dallas, get the big win, come back home, win against the Redskins, 8-8 eight and eight at the end of the season. Will it be good enough to get into the playoffs? We shall see at the end of this series. And the NFC, absolutely not. Ten and six might not even be good enough. And NFC's tough this season. Moving on, we have the Washington Redskins, your last team in the NFC East. You have Dwayne Haskins coming in with everything to prove. Chase Young, new rookie, best rookie of the year, trying to prove it. We'll see how the Washington Redskins do. Week one, you already know they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. Week two, though, they go on the road to Arizona, and they don't get it done. They lose to the Cardinals. Go on the road to Cleveland. They lose that game as well. Come back home to play the Ravens. And again, just too good of a football team. They lose that one. However, they start looking up from here. They get a surprising win against a Rams team who at this point is doing pretty good. So they get a surprising win there against the Rams. Go on the road to play the Giants where they get the win there. Come back home where they lose to the Cowboys. Then they go into their bye week at 2-5. and five where they return back to their home turf to play the Giants, and they don't get it done. The Giants get their first one of the season against the Redskins. Then they go on the road to Detroit, and they beat the Lions in that one, come back home to play the Cincinnati Bengals, and they win that game as well. Then they go on the road to Dallas, where you know they lose that one. Then they go on to the road to Pittsburgh, where they lose that one. And then a third road game in a row, kind of getting hurt on their schedule right there. And they have to play the 49ers. And at this point, they're just tired. And the 49ers take advantage of that and just walk all over them. 
two losses on the road alone, and then they get their third. Come back home, still tired, have to play another really good team in the Seahawks, lose that one. Then they get the Panthers coming in. After playing a couple good teams in a row, they bully on this one, and they beat the Panthers. Last game of the season, they play the Eagles in Philadelphia, and they end on a loss. The Redskins finish 5-11. and Yeah, that's definitely, for the Redskins, I think this is going to be an up-and-down season for them. I mean, you have a couple of games where they win a couple of games in a row. I think this is really how the Redskins season is going to go, and let's see how the Redskins end their season. So they start at home against the Eagles. They lose there. Then two row games in a row against the Cardinals and Browns. They'll lose both of those games. And then two teams that start with an R, the Ravens and the Rams, both at home, and they are going to lose both of those. And then travel to New York looking to get their first win of the season. They can't do it. And they start the season O. And six, and the Redskins looking like they might get a top three draft pick yet again. But then they come home and they play the Dallas Cowboys, one of the most beloved rivalries ever in the NFL. And the Redskins somehow get the upset against the Dallas Cowboys right before their bye week. And then out of their bye week, they win against the Giants and then travel to Detroit and get that win. And they're on a three-game win streak. So as Redskins fans do, they think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Or if they go 4-0 in the preseason or 3-0 in the preseason, then they're going to win the Super Bowl because that's how Redskins fans are, as me living with some Redskins fans. And then they come back home playing the Bengals and they lose that game. And now they, again, have that three-game road stretch and they're going to lose all three of them to the Cowboys, as I discussed earlier, then the Steelers, then the 49ers. But then they play the Seahawks and just like you did with the Rams losing to the Washington Redskins, that being an upset, I'm going to have the Seattle Seahawks lose to the Washington Redskins. Redskins, and this is the end of the season, uh, and they have really nothing to play for just to upset teams and get them down later in the playoff seating, and I think that's what's going to happen here. And then with the Panthers, this is Ron Rivera coming back to his former team, which, again, I don't think it was really the best idea to get rid of him because he wasn't a bad coach. He's come back against his former team. In Washington, I don't see how the Redskins couldn't win this game. They're going to win this game, and then they're going to go on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles and lose it to end the season, and the Redskins will be 5-11. and 11. So just recapping that, Brandon has the Cowboys at 10-6, and six, the Giants at 2-14, and 14, Eagles at 7-9, and nine, and the Redskins at 5-11. and 11. Justin has the Cowboys at 11-5, Giants at 4-12, Eagles at 8-8, eight and, eight, and Redskins also at 5-11. and 11. Your Dallas Cowboys are the unanimous Beyond the Blitz NFC East champions. You can go home and celebrate Dallas fans. You finally get a year. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And stay tuned for same time next week where we will review the AFC South. As always, this has been the Blitz Crew, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers. And thank you all very much for listening. And as always, stay purple. Until next time here on Beyond the Blitz.